Hi and welcome back to the show. This is your host Brett Hawes and uh, I am back today with my guest Dr. Jen Myers. Uh, Before we get into today's show I do have a couple of announcements and you might be wondering um, first of all where I disappeared to and you'll notice that we haven't released a podcast for the last uh, probably three or four weeks. Uh, Reason for that is simply because I've been pretty busy with travel, with vacation and so on. Uh, So I will be picking things up a little bit, but as I do in the summertime, generally, instead of once a week, we sort of slow it down a little bit. And then uh, towards the end of August, September, we'll definitely be ramping things up for season three of the show. Uh, So I do have a couple of announcements. First of all, uh, for those of you who are connected with me on Facebook, um, you would have seen that I'm doing a one-day workshop in Newmarket, Ontario, and that is coming up on Saturday 20th. So this is really exclusively for practitioners only. It's a live event, and the title of the workshop is Digestive Health, the Practitioner's Guide. And uh, I've done this... in person on purpose, right? You know, everyone's sort of asking me, well, can we do it online? And I think at some point I will take that online. But I feel like in today's digital world, there is a human connection or human element that is missing. And, you know, it's to sort of strike this fine balance between convenience, but also maintaining connection to our community. And so the reason why I wanted to do this in person and why I will continue to do these workshops uh, probably once a month moving forward, uh, possibly in different locations as well, at least that's where we're looking, is to um, meet people. I want to see you face to face. I want to shake your hand. I want to sit in the same room with you. And then we can connect after that and stay connected online in uh, the community space. So uh, just the sort of real cliff notes here on what's on offer for this um, workshop. Uh, First of all, this is really a distillation of 15 years of practice. And I started writing um, down the protocols that I was using and the research that I was working off. I started putting this together about five years ago. And I've slowly been updating, updating, updating. And really what it's turned into is a 100-page textbook at this point, um, possibly even more once I print it into a book. And inside that book, is everything from the functional lab tests I use to the supplements, brands, dosages, etc., etc., all of the food lists, right? So food guides, menu plans, um, drug therapy, nutrient depletions, uh, standard medical diagnostic uh, methods as well. And so the idea is to really provide you, in addition to a full eight hours of lecturing, also provide you with a rock-solid reference guide um, as part of the day. In addition to that, I've got a couple of other things that I'm sort of uh, throwing in there as well. Um, A 27-page guide to balancing blood sugar for practitioners. So, you know, 75% of your clients or patients um, most likely have blood sugar issues, right? So whether it's hypoglycemia or full-blown diabetes. And uh, having that guide as well with fully referenced protocols and nutraceuticals uh, is is definitely a good partner to have with the Digestive Health uh, textbook. So those of you who are planning on coming to the live event on Saturday 20th, I do have something very extra special for you as well. I'm offering up a free year's membership to my new sort of mentoring platform, if you will, called The Clinician's Corner. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that, especially for our non-practitioners that are listening right now. But if you are a practitioner in the greater Toronto area, 
whether you are a functional medicine practitioner, a holistic nutritionist, a naturopathic doctor, a health coach, uh, if you fit into any of those molds, uh, definitely go and check out holistichealthlive.com for full details. So holistichealthlive.com. You can also check out the link in the show notes or um, at least at time of recording, you can go onto the main website, holistichealthmasterclass.com and as soon as you land on the homepage, you will see a link where you can get all of the details and sign up. So um, I hope to see you there. Uh, time of recording, we have about 10 days to go. And uh, yeah, so check it out and uh, hopefully we will see you there. Okay, so let's hop on to today's uh, show with Dr. Jen Myers. Uh, Jen is a colleague and a fellow scientific advisory board member for Euphoria Science. And that's sort of how we came to know each other. And um, we've had some very, very good discussions over the last um, year or so, a little bit more than that. And I really respect her. So she works as a geneticist. She is a genetic expert. She's a nutrigenetic expert in nutrigenomics. And if you've been paying attention to some of the posts I've been making, uh, perhaps you've had a look at Euphoria. Heck, perhaps you are a member or you're part of the Euphoria family right now. Uh, no matter where you are on that spectrum, I think you're going to get a lot out of today's show. You know, for those longtime listeners, you would remember that I interviewed uh, Dr. Ben Lynch um, was one of the first episodes I ever did. And, uh, you know, I feel like so much has changed since that episode. There's still so much misunderstanding. Um, there's a lot of fear around uh, DNA testing, you know, fear of privacy and all that sort of stuff. So we do sort of um, really just gloss right over that and simply say that, you know, Euphoria Science is not selling your data at all. We're actually bound by uh, HIPAA certification, and so on. But um, just to sort of give you a real good, concise summary of what we get into on the show today, uh, we sort of start the conversation a little bit further ahead um, with regards to genetics and uh, SNPs and so on. So if you don't fully understand that, go onto my Facebook page, check out some of the videos where I deep dive into SNPs. You can also um, go onto euphoriascience.com and just check out, um, you know, there's videos, there's, they're everywhere, right? So, so what we really pick up on here is... Where is the field of nutrigenomics? So what is it? Where is the field right now? And how sort of what are the implications of uh, targeted nutrient dietary and lifestyle interventions on genetics, right? So, you know, a lot of people still believe that, you know, your genes are your fate and your genes are carved in stone and there's nothing you can do about genes and that's that's the end of it. You know, so if everyone in your family had diabetes, you are going to get diabetes. And I think that um, when you start really getting into it, the, the takeaway here is that there is so much you can do to optimize or positively express genetic expression. All right. So, yes, you might be predisposed to certain things, but that doesn't mean it's the final nail in the coffin, right? Conversely, and, and actually it, it means that now that you know you have these predispositions, there's actually a lot you can do about it, right? So, it's sort of knowing where the chinks in the armor are and you can go there and patch that up or, or you know, uh, patch up the potholes in the road or whichever analogy you like. So, uh, we get into some very interesting sidebars as well. We do talk about vaccines a little bit. We do talk about autism uh, a little bit. 
And, and really, um, generally speaking, the exciting part of this whole conversation is that the missing piece, you know, we've known about genetics, we've known about the implication of genetics for a really long time, but we haven't really had anything to do about it. And we haven't really had good testing to figure out uh, SNPs and so on. And so now, um, as you will hear in this conversation, we really do have this missing piece of the puzzle, and it fits in very, very nicely with the sort of, I don't want to say standard model of care, but if you're already working with a nutritionist or functional medicine doctor or naturopath or physician or whatever, this dovetails beautifully with everything else that you're doing. Right, So getting your blood work, looking at nutrient deficiencies, at hormones, at infections, and whatever else is, is going on in your body, but then coupling that with um, the sort of DNA-based uh, supplementation. So we do definitely talk about euphoria science today. Um, obviously, as I said in the beginning, we are uh, both board members. We're both very, very excited about where this is heading. There's a practitioner line that's come in uh, as well. So uh, if you want more information... Uh, please check out the show notes. You will see a link there. Uh, full disclaimer on my part that I am doing the business side of Euphoria as well. So if you click on the link and you need more information or you want to sign up or you, you know, I am going to um, make some money off that. So full disclaimer. But if you have any questions, right, because I understand that there's a huge learning gap here um, for folks. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to me directly at brett at holistichealthmasterclass.com and I'd be more more than happy to answer your questions. Again, for those of you who are in the GTA, so if you're in the Greater Toronto area, uh, I will be doing a local event with my partner um, in Euphoria, and we're going to be doing a local event on July 23rd. Um, I think the start time is 7.45. So again, check out the show notes, um, link up on Facebook, wherever, just connect with me. And again, if you have questions about that, shoot me an email. So brett at holistichealthmasterclass.com. Um, you know, whether you're a practitioner looking to implement this in your practice, whether you are someone who's just looking to streamline your supplementation and actually take one custom-made formula based on your DNA and genetics, uh, wherever you sit on that spectrum, uh, if you are in the GTA, um, I would love for you to join me at that live event. Uh, seats are extremely limited. It's a small space, so it will be first come, first serve. It's a free event. There's no ticket charge or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out on Facebook and um, also on website and check out the show notes. I will update these show notes as soon as I have that Eventbrite um, link uh, up and running. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I think you'll find this a very fascinating um, episode. And for those of you who are part of the Euphoria family already, um, I think that you're going to get a lot of inf uh, good insight from this. And perhaps some of the questions that you've had uh, for you know a long time or trying to wrap your head around genetics, I think that this conversation will probably answer a lot of those questions for you. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And uh, please welcome to the show, Dr. Jen Myers. Hey, Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's, it's wonderful to hear your voice again. Yes, and this is very long overdue. I know we've been plotting to do this for um, I don't even know how many months now, but we're, we're here and uh, it's good. Um, so before we sort of hop into the topic of the day, which is everything to do with genomics, nutrigenomics, et cetera, et cetera, DNA, um, 
I want to just, you know, you didn't actually always, uh, you weren't always in the genetic field, right? You actually started out in obstetrics and gynecology, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yes, I was working uh, in obstetrics and gynecology, which I loved nonetheless. But I started to notice that that people were, were asking, were almost begging for, for natural help. What can I do? And, and, and we're, we can only get them so far and then we come to this kind of wall and uh, it couldn't, couldn't get past that. So as you know, we, we looked at the MTHFR gene, for with this, which is about methylation for recurrent miscarriages and such. So we've always looked into that through blood work. And I thought, you know what? I feel like there's something more to this. So I actually just kind of started diving into uh, genetic SNPs and, and reading all these different SNPs and studying these biochemical pathways to figure out what are we missing? Uh, there's another component to, to people's overall health and wellness uh, and even chronic disease that I felt, I personally felt that, that we were missing. So yeah, I just kind of started studying and started looking into all these SNPs and pathways and, and, and realized there's a huge component to uh, nutrition and nutritional pathways and the influence on genetic SNPs. And, and, and so from there, it just kind of blew up for me. Uh, so it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, interesting. So were you working with more in like more of a sort of conventional setting? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep, in biomedicine. Yep. So, so completely shifted gears. Even started, even studied, and, and became board certified in oriental medicine and functional medicine and clinical nutrition, and started taking on all these other different tools and realms of medicine that I thought uh, I would never get into. Acupuncture. I mean, all these things that I thought there's there's no way I would do that. But just to understand the body on a more whole and holistic approach, and it really really helped me. Yeah, no doubt. And so do you sort of have um, any sort of specialties because you do run your own clinic? Um, you know, is there any sort of special areas of focus that you um, pay attention to or, or specialize in? Nutrigenomics. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that sort of brings us full yeah. full circle onto what we're talking about today, right, is uh, exactly. nutrigenomics. Now, you, you're also sort of listed as a, um, a nutrigenetic specialist, right? So um, perhaps what we'll do just for our listeners uh, is sort of start from the beginning. And let's, let's actually talk about genetics sort of from the 10,000 foot overview, because obviously, you know, we know that we in the last 25 years, I mean, things have just come on leaps and bounds since our first mapping of the human genome till present. So what do you feel, you know, where did we start out? Where are we at right now? Um, you know, again, from the 10,000 foot overview. We're in a good place and we're just going to get better. That's the amazing part of this is I remember starting out reading about genetics and genetic SNPs and, and I, I knew absolutely nothing besides there was hundreds of pages of SNPs and I was just trying to learn them. And it was very overwhelming. And in fact, a lot of my colleagues kept telling, this is where we've come. Let's just put it this way. A lot of my fellow colleagues, you know, um, medical doctors, nurses, I mean, you name it, uh, PAs were like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at genetics? You can't change that. So why are you even bothering? And, and they were missing the point. And I knew they were missing the point. So I pressed on. But uh, we're definitely at a point where we're using genetics and, and nutrigenomics and nutrigenetics. And I love the term nutrigenetic. And that's why I use it because it's, it's, it's making a more of awareness of how nutrition actually affects our genetic weaknesses and predispositions. And all it's doing is helping us over, kind of overcome our, our recovery potential and strengthen our weaknesses. We're, we're using it as a tool and not a weapon. And I think that that's the, the important and powerful part is, is now we're able to 
find that missing link when we're we're kind of scratching our heads thinking, what do we do with this patient where we've we've tried everything, we've thrown everything at them. Well, now we've got this blueprint of their biochemistry and we can dive in even deeper and really start getting to that root cause of what's going on. So for me, uh, it was it was all about overcoming our genetic weaknesses and overcoming mm kind of throwing them a rope and pulling them out, you know, enhancing their recovery potential. And that's what it is because we can't obviously change uh, the genetic hand that we're dealt. But if we can uh, influence these genes to to work the way and keep the biochemistry working the way it's supposed to, it's amazing how people feel. Right. And, yeah, you know, you sort of um, bring up the, the, the next point here. Um, you know, for a lot of people out there, just to sort of like dial it down a little bit on a very basic level, I think a lot of people are still under the assumption that we cannot change our genes or, or you know, let me rephrase that a little bit. Um, we know, you and I know, and a lot of folks listening to this will know that you cannot change your genes. And I think that there's a lot of confusion there because, you know, as we've seen the field of genomics generally, you know, whether it's pharmaceutical or, or whether it's natural or whatever, we've seen this explode. And there's still a lot of people out there who sort of, you know, just say, well, look, you can't change your genes. So there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And this is all a waste of time. Why are we even looking at nutrition and genetics and so on and so on? So perhaps you can sort of, you know, peel that apart a little bit for us and, and help folks understand the difference between what your genes are and how they express themselves and how we can alter that expression. Absolutely. So our, our genes or our SNPs, of course, are single nucleotide polymorphisms, uh, which is such a great big word to have to say, right? <laughs> is, is they're enzymes, right? And, and they're actually influenced by different things such as, you know, trigger these, these life-triggering events, right? Oxidative stress, uh, environmental toxins, diet, allergies, trauma, surgery, emotions, um, inflammatory and inflammatory type genetics. Um, they're, it's, they're all influenced by these things, right? So just because we have this particular genetic SNP that was passed down from our parents, of course, we know just for the basics, uh, you know, we know that we can either get one copy of, of this genetic variant, which we all have variants, right? So just to kind of go way back to the basic, and, and mm -hmm. I've, I've said this in, in a bunch of videos, we all have variants which say what color our eyes are going to be or how tall or how short we're going to be or the size of our nose or whatever the case may be. We all have those. Those are common. Those are normal. That's what makes us unique. And how I tell patients when I'm looking at their genetic variants is to say, these are individual ingredients that make the recipe of us. That's what they are. You know, you need these ingredients to, you need ingredients to bake a cake. You need the flour, you need the sugar, you need the oils, you need all mm -hmm. these things. So that's what our genetic SNPs are. They're individual little ingredients that make us who we are. There are actionable genes now that is, is what we are looking at within nutrigenomics that actually can influence how the biochemistry of our body works or how, how it responds to these environmental triggers, um, such as, you know, toxins and stress and, 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 um, I'm going to say the word vaccines. <laughs> and, and <laughs> That's okay. We're, we're no strangers on this show uh, to vaccines, so we're all good. <laughs> I could say that. So, you know, it's, it's all about understanding what that means for us, understanding our, our blueprint and, and what exactly uh, we're made of and how our bodies work and where our little hiccups are. We all have the hiccups, but if we can understand where they are, we can influence them and protect almost like it's like 
it's like filling in the cracks uh, of a foundation of a home, right? Mm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, right? But if we can support those and we know where they are, then we can keep everything from crumbling down. You know, it's, it's kind of like that saying, I I like, I saw it on a meme once and it was um, DNA checks itself before it wrecks itself, you know, and and then (laughs) it's totally true. And that's what we're doing is we're just able to look and see where, where these weaknesses are because we all have them. And now let's just go support them and, make sure that our body works at a more optimal level because we have a predisposition to something does that mean it's going to happen to us absolutely not because we Mm. don't have the predisposition something to something does that mean it could happen to us absolutely so it doesn't define who we are it just helps us understand how our body works and where our little hiccups are that we just need to go in and support so it's just really good information Right. So you, you touch on something that I think is very, very important to sort of um, highlight and, and stop and pause on for, for just a minute, because a lot of people out there are still under the assumption that when you have the SNP, that automatically, A, something is going to happen to you, right, as you just said. And so, you, you know, and they also then believe or perhaps um, – yeah, they sort of assume that SNPs are pathological or, or SNPs are some sort of disease to be remedied, right? So how, how do you sort of like navigate that? Because, you know, obviously a SNP means that you have a quote unquote genetic weakness, but that weakness is going to express itself also according to your environment, which we can talk about in a minute as well. So so um, perhaps you can sort of tease that out a little bit or explain that to us. You know, SNPs are, are SNPs a disease or SNPs something to be worried about? No, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, no, they aren't. They're information, you know, and that's mm. how that's how I look at it, and that's how I define it when I'm speaking to patients. Is this is information? This is guidance for us. It's like I always use the car analogy because everybody, I don't know, I'm a car girl, and everybody loves cars, right? Or at least they drive them. They might yep. not. Um, you know, so it's understanding what kind of gasoline to put in, into your car, and understanding what kind of motor you have. So if it needs to be worked on, they can work on it. I mean, it's it's almost the same thing. Those SNPs give so much information and guidance to people like myself and you who, who look into that and who who use that as a form of, of treatment in medicine. It's it's definitely not a, a disease or a symptom. Okay, you know, when, when I tell patients and when we're going through their genetic uh, profile and we're looking at their SNPs and I'm never saying, oh, I'm so sorry, you're predisposed to Alzheimer's. We don't right. We use the terminology of, you know what, you have a weakness being able to cleanse the brain when it comes to certain things that can cross the blood-brain barrier, you know, and, and get into that a little bit more. It's definitely not something that, that's going to happen to you. It's not a symptom. It's not a disease. It's a, a, a piece of who you are. And so understanding that just helps us say, okay, we know that now we need to go in and help that part of your body do what it's supposed to do on a more efficient level. And like I said, it's just, it's literally throwing you a rope and helping you pull out. Now you said it perfectly. It's an environment. It has a lot to do with our environment, right? So just because here, here's the hand you're dealt. I'm so sorry. This is all going to happen to you. Absolutely not. You know, it's it's knowing. Okay, all right. We're we're given these gene, you know, these genetic variants and these SNPs, and I have. The one that I like to use with patients the most, and I actually have it myself, so I'm going to throw myself under the bus, is, is what we call the COMT gene, which which I know you know, and it is, it's under the neurotransmitter category. And it actually, in literature, is, is has a lot to do with anxiety or ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. I have none of that. Am, am I hyper? Sure. 
but I also call it my warrior gene, right? These are the people that get things done. And when you spin it to them in a way to say, hey, you know what? You're, you're a warrior. You can get things done. Yes, there can be a time maybe where a life event happens or you get overwhelmed and you feel a little anxious. That's okay. Flip it and, and be proactive and productive about it. And, and you won't feel that way. And when you flip it to them in that sense, they tend to go, okay, I'm a, I'm a darn warrior, you know, and, and I can get things done because I have this genetic variant, this genetic SNP. So it's, it's, I never come at them and say that this is, oh, this is so bad. This is going to happen to you. This is who you are. It's like everybody gets that disease label. I am yeah. type diabetes, you know, and, and next thing you know, every, I am fibromyalgia and everything revolves around that. And that's not what it should be. We should be looking at these and saying, okay, that's all right. I have these weaknesses or I have these variants that were passed down to me. These are my predispositions. That's you know, thanks mom and dad or don't know thanks. <laughs> but, but that's not who you are. So let's, let's work on it and support it and uh, keep your, your, you and your environment as healthy as possible. It's education, in my opinion. So what we're saying then is really people don't need to fret about this, right? Because, I mean, you and I both know people get a report of some kind, whatever it is, whichever genetic test they're doing, and they freak out, right? They panic. And I think a lot of people are still like that. And so I think, um, you know, for those of you listening out there, it's not something to panic about. Um, There are things that you can do, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, And uh, it just means that you're predisposed to something. So, you know, if you have whatever SNP or whatever, weakness and you're the person who is i don't know eating um three cheeseburgers a day and a six pack of beer um you know your genetic weakness might have a higher likelihood of expressing itself um in a negative way versus you perhaps eating a cleaner diet exercising regularly etc etc that is going to have a positive expression so that sort of brings me on to the point of, you know, let's sort of um, the definition nutrigenetics, like what exactly is that? What, what does that really mean? Because genomics is a sort of umbrella term, right? And then as far as I understand, we've sort of got things like pharmacogenomics where we're looking at, you know, how drugs might interact with certain genetic weaknesses. But nutrigenetics or nutrigenomics, perhaps you can explain that uh, to our listeners. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And wait a minute, you mean I can't I can't drink a six pack of beer and have three cheeseburgers a day anymore? Well, you, you can. I mean, if you want, you can totally do it. Maybe I'll catch up with you when you're 65 or 70. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. I think it would have definitely caught up to me by now. My goodness. Yeah. So nutri- I kid, I kid. Um, nutrigenomics or nutrigenetics is, is kind of what we look at. It's the study of nutrition and genes and, and pretty much how nutrition, and when I talk about nutrition, it's not just food, it's supplementation as well, your vitamins, your minerals, your herbs, all these different things that you uh, are, can be naturally deficient in because your body doesn't absorb them or use them as well as it should because of your genetic predisposition. So it's understanding that, that interaction of nutrition and genes and being able to prevent um, and be proactive when it comes to treatment of, of chronic disease. And I think that's where this form of medicine is, is oh gosh, I'm going to use the word better uh, than a lot of conventional medicine treatments because they do mm-hmm. very well with acute. Absolutely. Goodness, we need ERs. Goodness, we yeah. need we need acute medicine. We need surgery. We need surgeons. I worked in the OR. I loved it. We need that. 
But when it comes to chronic long-term disease and, and treatment and being proactive and preventative, that's where biomedicine has really had a problem and it really has been struggling. Uh, in my opinion, this is, all, this is all coming from my mouth, so I'll, I'll claim it. Um, and that's where nutrigenetics and nutrigenomics really has pushed forward the way that I treat people, the way that I look at medicine and I look at people and patients and myself and my family is looking at that correlation between nutrition and how it influences our biochemical pathways and can turn on and off these genetic uh, variants because we can keep these things at bay. We can we can keep them to where yeah we're predisposed to them. You know if we have a high blood pressure uh, snip, it doesn't mean we're going to have to have high blood pressure. If we take care of ourselves and we give the, our body what it needs uh, nutritionally to thrive at the level that we want it to, we may not experience high blood pressure ever in our lives. And that's a great and powerful tool now to have. So. That's that's how I tell people. It's the study um, of the interaction between nutrition and genes, and, and mm. mainly to preventative and proactive uh, treatments. So, so do you feel then that um, you know, just uh, again looking at the sort of evolution of the field and where we're at right now at time of recording, twenty nineteen, um, do you feel that this has been a huge piece that's been missing? from healthcare, generally speaking, you know, I mean, we've known about things like hormone imbalances and nutrient deficiencies and gut infections and um, et cetera, et cetera, you know, all the things that you and I as sort of natural medicine practitioners, we've focused on that for so long. And, and I think there's long history in that. But I feel like, you know, the way I look at it is, is the field of genetics or, or genomics or nutrigenomics is really shedding a whole new picture onto perhaps things that we've been missing um, up till now. How do you, how would you explain that? Or, or do you have any thoughts on that? I 100% agree. And you, and you nailed it. It really is. It's the missing link in my, in my opinion. And I think you feel the same way. It's just, it's, it's like I said, we, we searching and we scratch our heads and I don't know what's wrong here. Take another medication here. Let's prescribe this here. Let's, I, I don't, I don't know what to eat better, you know, and, and, and you try, but it, it's, and it's definitely a time consuming form of medicine going from seeing, you know, 50 patients a day down to, you know, 20 or even less because you're spending a half an hour to an hour with each of them. Mm -hmm. it, it's time consuming, but I love that. I love that I get to know these people and I get to see their faces change when you say, you know what, I can see why you're telling me this and they say all these things that I've been explaining all these years and, and no, my, none of my doctors have been able to understand it. And you just defined me and I don't even need to know them. They don't even need to speak a word to me before I go over their genetics and I can completely define them. I'm cheating. I have their blueprint, but I can completely define them. And now I say, okay, here's what's going on here's how we fix it or how we work on it or how we pull you, like I said, throw you that rope and help increase your recovery potential. This is what we're going to do about it now. That's mm -hmm. something unique in my opinion. And it's something uh, amazing that we can actually say to people, I, I understand and here's what we do about it. So it's right. a totally different form of medicine. We've absolutely been missing this. I'm excited that I hear it everywhere I go, A4M, IFM, you know, all these different uh, TV shows. You constantly are hearing genetics, 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 and more about nutrition. And people are researching things, and they should. They absolutely should. I tell patients all the time, go home and research this because then they're more apt, they're, they're more prone to wanting to take care of themselves and wanting to be proactive when they understand instead of being like, I don't know why she gave this to me. She just told me to take it. 
no, I know why I take this because of this, 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 and this, and they're educated. And I think that's important. Back in the day, as you know, the, the doctor was a god, goddess, you know, and, yeah. and what they said, you just did without question. Now people are coming around saying, actually, you know what, I, I know more about myself. I want to know more about myself and I want to understand it. So that's what I love. And, and that's what I like to see that this is emerging with proactive, preventative, nutrition, genetics, it, and it doesn't get more precise than this. And guys, the science is there. That's all we, that's all we do with this is science. So as yeah. we're constantly evolving and learning more about these genes and, and the biochemistry of our body, it's just going to get better, in my opinion. I feel like we've just started. And, and there's been some great people who have really been pioneers in this field for a while. Um, I know you've interviewed a few of them, and, and I think it's wonderful what you're doing. So it's nice to see that it's coming. It's shedding light. It's coming out into mainstream, and people understand genetics better. It's not such a scary term. Yeah. And I, you know, I agree with um, pretty much everything you've, you said there. And I just wanted to sort of circle back uh, to something because, you know, if you look at um, where modern medicine has gone and, you know, again, you know, we absolutely need certain aspects of modern medicine, but, you know, I think you're absolutely spot on with regards to the sort of doctor patient relationship, you know, historically uh, doctors would spend more time with their patients. They did actually develop, um, you know, these personal relationships with their doctors over many decades and you know then of course the doctor would look after the whole family and so on and so on and i just feel like because we haven't focused much on prevention at all for that matter and because disease rates continue to rise there's sort of this loss of trust loss loss of trust first of all um but also that relationship or those relationships have eroded because doctors are just so overwhelmed with you know you know five minute consults you know 10 minute consults it's just drug symptoms drug symptoms and i think that a lot of people out there are starting to wake up to the idea that maybe that's not the best approach to healthcare. And, um, you know, what you're doing and what we're talking about and what I do is really delivering personalized healthcare in a clinical setting where we are spending time with people. We are communicating perhaps with people via email and so on. And I feel it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness because we're now sort of seeing the merger of the best of science but also looking at nature in terms of the remedy and um, birthing this whole new form of personalized healthcare, which I think is super exciting. Um, I know that, you know, you've been on the front of that. A lot of people that I have on the show have been on the front of that. And it's, it's a great thing to witness. But I wanted to also ask you one thing, just, you know, as uh, practitioner to practitioner, um, you know, how do you work with this in a clinical setting? You know, so you run, let's say you, you run it, you run a genetic test, you're looking at people's SNPs, are you then incorporating a combination of supplements, nutrition, lifestyle recommendations, and so on to really cater to their genetic weaknesses? Absolutely. And that's what the time consuming part is. Is So uh, when, whenever they come in, they initially come in and I take uh, an hour history on them. So we're, we're learning about them. I want to know, I want to know what they do for work. That's important too, right? What are you exposed to in your job? I want to know about their different uh, life events that they've gone through and, and kind of put together the timeline of events. And, and you can see the trigger of these different things that have happened based on uh, these different life events that have, have gone on. I want to know what you eat. I want to know mm-hmm. when you eat it, how much of it you eat. I want to know all these things. So I'm really nosy. I want to know your family history. Absolutely. And I think that's where we've gone wrong is we just haven't been able to get that detailed. And if you listen to the patient, they tell you everything you need to know. 
you really don't have to dig that much. All you have to do is listen. So just listening to them, listening to their story. Uh, so going over that with them for an hour, they do get blood work done, uh, initial labs. I think blood work is great. It's a snapshot of what's going on with their body. That's the difference between labs and genetics is labs give us the snapshot. Genetics just kind of give us more of the blueprint. So they get their blood work done. Mm. We do testing on them. Uh, I sit down again for an hour, hour and a half with them and go over their results. So we look at their genetic profile and we say, okay, here's your blood work and here's how these things are affecting you now. And here's what we're going to do about it. So yeah, absolutely. Lifestyle, uh, nutrition, supplementation, because not everybody needs to eat the same thing, right? We, we preach pa- pa- uh, paleo. We <laughs> We preach vegan, we preach all these things, but in my opinion, that's not necessarily true. When I look at their genetics, I can see, oh, you know what? You don't respond well to external histamines. You need to be on a low histamine diet. Or you know what? You've got this APOE gene or APOB gene. You're not going to do well on ketosis. So to understand that is is power, in my opinion, and it helps us kind of really personalize each individual patient that comes in. So they, they, they we go through through that, we put together, uh, here's some foods that, that are some lifestyle choices that we think are appropriate for you. And, and then we're monitoring. If we need to do hormone testing, we'll do, uh, I like the Dutch test, you know, when I had to throw mm-hmm. names out, but I do like the Dutch test a lot. So look at their hormone profile and see what's going on there. And normally when you start correcting their, their nutrition, because as we know, cholesterol is a precursor to all of our hormones, we tend to start to see a shift in how our hormones are acting as well. So nutrition to me is the core, whether it's vitamins, minerals, and supplementation, or it's the food that we put in our mouth. That has a lot of influence on how our body acts. So absolutely, we have to pull that into the mix too. So it's time consuming. It's a lot of me drawing, you know, we have whiteboards and we're drawn on boards and we're really getting into this and I, and I love it. And I love the look on the patient's eyes because they want to learn. So, so yeah, so it's very detailed. It's, 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 a lot of people have a tough time because it's not insurance-based as well. So right. to try to get a practitioner to say completely change your your uh, livelihood and your practice to a nutrigenomics, nutrigenetic type of, of practice in medicine is, is tough sometimes. You really have to take that leap to say, I understand I'm going to have to be a cash pay. And, and, and then a lot of people aren't going to be able to access this because um, – they can't afford it. So there are things coming out and solutions that that are coming out to this, which I know we're going to probably hopefully talk about, but um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what we can do when we really have to pull in every single component. So, um, you know, spot on and uh, a couple of questions. Um, One, the the first question I have is, and perhaps uh, actually, you know what, I'm going to reverse this. The first question I have is what about people that maybe don't have a practitioner like yourself, right? Because I understand, you know, having done genetic testing, definitely not to the level that you're working at. I understand that it's very complicated, it's very time-consuming, and I personally believe that there's not that many practitioners out there who are good at assessing and evaluating these types of things properly. That's just how I feel. I don't feel I am – I'm not a genetic expert. You know, I know a lot about it. But, um, you know, so what about people – let's just say 
you know, Joe Blow off the street. Um, there's genetic tests everywhere now. You can literally go to GNC and get a test done. Um, you know, it's only mm-hmm. two snips so for what it's worth. But but what about people who don't have access to practitioners like yourself? Um, you know, who who are perhaps not necessarily looking at blood work, at hormones, at all the other stuff. You know, do, do you feel that doing a genetic test and then working off that is sufficient, or do you feel that they should always be working with a healthcare provider um, in conjunction with that? Well, of course, I'm going to say they should always work with a healthcare provider. But as you stated, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of of, of providers out there. They're, they're getting it's definitely becoming more. It definitely is. There's definitely a lot more people that are wanting to do genetics to do it a hundred percent or nutrigenomics is, is, is few and far between. However, there is, there is a way that people can actually get involved in, in understanding their genetics and doing something about it without seeing a practitioner. We always advise, of course, that you follow up, especially if you're on medications and different things, always follow up. And if they don't understand, Find somebody who does. Keep searching until you find that person to help you. But uh, there is now a, a company, which which we are both very familiar with, that um, mm. helps reach the masses and get this out to people um, to understand a little bit of their genetic uh, profile and how it's going to help them with their overall health and wellness and, and foundational support. And that's euphoria, of course. Uh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I can't say it any better. And that's, I know that's why, and it was such an honor when I met you because you are just so streamlined with everything that I believe. And, and it was, we have a, oh, there's such a great team involved with Euphoria and I love this company. I love what it stands for. Um, I, I am not personally involved in the business aspect, but more the science and behind the scenes, but um, yeah, we can reach people. People can get this now. People can go. They can go online. They can go to euphoriascience.com. They can learn about it. Uh, they can actually get the test kit sent to their home, swab their cheek, get their results, get their wellness action plan, which tells them all about the SNPs and, and different lifestyle uh, options to help them. And then there's a solution that backs it up, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know how much we want to dive into this, Brett, and you can let me know if I can fully go into no, it or I- not. You know what? I I totally do. And, and, um, you know, a lot of people who are listening to the show have perhaps already seen me, um, you know, post online about this. Uh, Obviously, there's, you know, I I have no... uh, no doubt that there are a lot of people who are part of Euphoria who are listening to this right now as well. So what I want to do is I do want to just sort of backtrack a little bit and start from the beginning, right? So Euphoria, what um, Jen, uh, you and I both sit on the science advisory board there. Um, I know that you are a lot more involved with the science, the formulation, the back end uh, stuff. But just for people who have perhaps never heard of Euphoria, um, you know, we're running a test that is 18 SNPs, right? So we're looking at 18 genetic variants or quote-unquote weaknesses and from there we are essentially mapping those weaknesses or pairing them with a hundred up to a hundred peer-reviewed plant-based ingredients to essentially create a hundred percent customized formula so for those of you who've never heard of euphoria before that is it in a nutshell but i want to sort of start from the beginning and and ask you you know, uh, uh, some of the questions that we get all the time, right? And so perhaps let's just hit those head on. Um, why Why did we choose the 18 SNPs that we did? And, you know, obviously we know that there's roughly, uh, we suspect that there's perhaps 10 million SNPs out there. But why did we go with the 18 that we went with? 
Yeah, so we that's a great question. We went after the what we call the heavy hitters or the, the actionable genes and SNPs. There's there's like you said, there's a, a there's millions of there's so many SNPs, right? But not all of them are actionable. And like I was saying in the beginning, some of them are just defining who we are and even our personality and and and, and our looks and such like that. Where where we're looking at more of the actionable ones, the ones that influence and affect our biochemistry, our absorption um, and use of different nutrients, and that includes from our food and also from the vitamins and minerals that we take on a supplementation basis. So we're, we're we're going after the ones that have the biggest influence on how we feel overall. The foundational ones is what I like to say. Mm. We're not out to cure disease. We're not out, you know, you. that's something a little more in depth. This is overall health and wellness from a foundational support. And that's what Euphoria does is. And that's why we picked the 18 SNPs that we did. Are we going to add more? Absolutely, we are. It's the more that that we get from research, and of course, we this, it's science. It's a science company. We've got to look at the research and the data out there, right? We mm-hmm. can't just say, "Oh, we're going to pick this snip because it's a pretty name." <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and, and I, I think that that's also an important point to sort of highlight here is you know as much as we might be able to test for um, hundreds of thousands of snips, um, most of the snips, to my understanding, we don't actually have a lot of good data or research in terms of what to do about them or perhaps even what their actual long-term implications are, right? Exactly. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, we can look through the software system at over 600,000 SNPs. However, not all those SNPs have that, you know, there has to be a reason why. We can't, like I said, we can't just say we picked the SNP because we like the name and we're going to give you vitamin C for it because, yeah, right. we think it is. Is that no, there's got to be peer reviewed research backing it up uh, so that way we can really drive home the science to say no, this is a science based company because a lot of people, practitioners still are, are kind of a little bit leery when it comes to uh, genetics uh, testing and nutrition. So we, if the science is there, it's hard to argue with science, right? Even though it's ever right. <laughs> and evolving, it's still kind of hard to argue with it. So yeah, yeah. yes, we will pick more, absolutely. But uh, those are the heavy hitters and the ones that we felt we could influence the most uh, with overall foundational support. Awesome. And if you had to sort of just really the the highlights, you know, what what do you feel are the sort of top four or five areas of health and wellness that um, our particular panel looks at? Oh, my favorite stuff to talk about. Uh, so, okay, first and foremost, inflammation and immune, right? So our inflammatory and our immune response, that's a huge thing. That's how our body reacts to these uh, different life events and different things that we're taking in, whether it's food or whether we walk off the sidewalk and twist our ankle. Please, I hope nobody does that. Um, <laughs> but, but how our body reacts to those things. So do we have an aggressive or overactive immune and inflammatory response? Uh, that to me, that's the root cause of all these different diseases and things that happen. Is is how can we um, recover or overcome these these uh, inflammatory states? Right. Uh, another thing is detoxification. How does our body detoxify from things? I mean, we are exposed to toxins and chemicals all day, every day. The, the lotions we use. I just put lotion on my hand. That's what made me think about that. Uh, the, the hairspray us females use. We walk outside and take a deep breath. The cars that we drive. I mean, everything that we do on a daily basis, we're exposed to something. If our body can't detoxify from these things, well, then it causes, you know, increase of all these oxidative stress and free radicals. And I'm getting into terms that we probably shouldn't talk about. No, that's totally fine. We can go there. It's all good. (laughs) 
And, and it causes inflammation and our immune system to be overactive, right? So we, we, we look at immune and inflammatory detoxification. Methylation is another component, right? How does our body break down, absorb, and use uh, these, these B vitamins, B9, uh, methyl tetrahydrofolate, and as well as, as B12? Because those are putting energy into the cell to start the process of everything that we do on a daily basis. And it's a precursor for our RNA and our DNA and all these, uh, our mitochondria, all these things that, that, that really help us thrive and, and think better and feel better and perform better. So uh, yeah, detoxification, methylation, inflammation, immune, mitochondria, which I love to talk about as well. Um, cholesterol, cardiovascular. I mean, we're looking at all these things, healthy uh, weight management. These are all things that we are looking at to help support. Um, and it's amazing that we can take all these things and, and look at it because we, as you and I both know, being in natural medicine, we aren't pieces. We're a whole. Exactly. And exactly. that's why we need to look at all these different components is to make sure mm-hmm. that we address the whole body and how it functions. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love um, that we are looking at sort of key areas of health that are actually playing out in the real world, you know, and I don't want to use the dreaded word disease, but at the same time, these areas that we've touched on are are really the challenges that people are facing out there on a mass scale. You know, if you look at the um, at the, the rates of, of illness climbing, if you look at the common ailments that people are suffering from, the common chronic degenerative diseases that people are suffering from, suffering from, they all sort of tie back into these general areas that we've been talking about. So, you know, obviously optimizing those areas, um, first of all, identifying, you know, do you have weak areas there and then being able to optimize them through sort of targeted nutrient intervention, I really feel like that's a game changer. You know, when you double down with that, with a better diet, you know, healthier diet, healthier lifestyle. I mean, to me, it just seems like it's 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 a winning solution, uh, especially in the not just the prevention game, but also in terms of improving quality of life as we age. Because for me, that, that that's a huge issue, right? I mean, you know, we can we can bang on the drum that says we've extended human longevity, blah blah blah, even if it's only one or two years. But it's not good if that uh, last twenty or thirty years of your life if you're just riddled with disease and you're not feeling good, um, then you've just got a poor quality of life. And I really, you know, I mean, take a look around. I feel like that is what's happening, especially in North America and the developed world. Absolutely. And a lot of my patients are in their 70s. And, and that's great. Mm-hmm. They come to me, they're tired of being on medication, and they want quality of life. Um, and, and I have some really amazing health. I mean, I have a 76 year old who plays pickball every day and does CrossFit. I mean, how amazing is that? He comes in and he's super proud. He had his, his personal record and personal best, um, doing squats or, you know, I mean, it's just incredible to see this. And I tell you what, um, I, I was, I grew up in, in, in a, you know, a home where we didn't have a lot of money. And so we ate, you know, ramen noodles and boxed mac and cheese and fried bologna sandwiches. I can't believe I'm admitting this, but uh, (laughs) and myself and my brother both went through autoimmune. I had Graves disease, which is an extreme form of hyperthyroidism, and they had to take my thyroid out. My brother's a type one diabetic. So autoimmune is a big component in our family and our life. And and um, you know, when I was in my twenties, I did not feel good. Uh, and being 40 now, gosh, well, I feel better now than I've ever felt in my entire life. I live off five to six hours of sleep. I can run all day. 
I exercise constantly. I feel fantastic. So quality of life is, is you nailed it. That's exactly what this does for people. And I see it happen every day and I see it change people's lives. And it's amazing. Amazing. So where, where do we feel that this is all headed, right? You know, in terms of the, the general nutrigenomics, because I personally feel like euphoria and what we're doing is is really on the front end of the nutrigenomic wave. Um, but, you know, perhaps we'll just sort of expand a little bit more because um, – uh, you heard it here first, everyone. Um, you're also working on the genetic side of things, if I'm not mistaken, right? So in addition to working with Euphoria, you're also actually working with um, Link. Is that the name? Link Bioscience? Is, is that correct? Link Biosciences, yes, which is the, the lab who actually does the genetic testing. Uh, we formulate the panels and then, of course, um, putting together the, the formulation for supplementation as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you, you know, we'll we'll just sort of hit this one head on as well. There is a practitioner line coming out. So I know a lot of you listening to this, um, you are practitioners, whatever type of practitioner you are. And so perhaps you can sort of shed a little bit more light on the general framework of what that's going to look like. Because, you know, as far as I can see, and having spoken to um, quite a lot of practitioners and, you know, having taught them and trained them and whatever else, um, you know, I still feel like for some practitioners, especially the functional medicine crowd, especially the, um, you know, maybe the naturopathic doctor crowd, uh, perhaps this panel is a little bit too broad for them. You know, the 18 SNPs that we're currently doing, um, you know, it's a little bit too broad. Maybe they want more control. So talk to us a little bit more about what's coming down the pipeline in terms of different types of panels, different types of SNPs and so on. Um, And, you know, please, I'm not putting you on the spot. Say as much as you can at time of recording. Um, All will be revealed in the future. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, well, no, that's the exciting part. And you're right. 18 SNPs isn't enough. Uh, I look at 55, a minimum of 55 myself uh, with every patient. So no, the practitioner line is very exciting for me. Uh, it's it's going to be putting more power into our, our provider's hands to be able to say, now the genetic SNPs and the panels, of course, will be based on foundational support and autophagy and, and inflammatory and immune and men's you know panels eventually and women's and, and even Mm. let's keep our fingers crossed I've, I've formulated the panel we just need to put the things together is a children's panel amazing uh, so I amazing know. everyone's super excited yeah. about that because i mean hey sorry just to cut you off there for a second i mean that right oh, now oh. can you imagine can you imagine if us you know in our middle middle age years right now if we knew back then you know as children yeah. what your yeah. weaknesses are and predispositions are. I mean, as a parent, that is a game changer for your children. You know, because so, cause so many children, I mean, and, and sorry to just go off on a tangent here. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of parents, you know, I personally have people in, uh, you know, family members and extended family members and friends where the parents were, quote unquote, doing all of the right things, but, you know, perhaps feeding them healthy foods that actually really weren't healthy for them at all. Uh, you know, putting them into sports that, you know, maybe they were they were just not designed to do such high intensity and it sort of burnt them out and so on and so on. So I think having that type of information for our children can really, from a totally different standpoint, help guide them and teach them uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a totally different light um, to be thriving and healthy adults. Exactly. And you, and you nailed it. And it's just giving us their, you know, children are blank canvases, right? So if mm-hmm. we can- if we can support them at a young age and understand, and I'm going to, I said it, the word before, I'm going to say it again. It's also about understanding 
the vaccination schedule as well. And, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not anti-vax or whatever the case may be. I'll put that out there, but I believe that there's an elegance to it and it should be done in a certain way, in a certain manner. Do I vaccinate my children from this? No, I don't. Um, did I before I understood this? Yes, I did. And, and I, I always apologize to them, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's understanding how their body's going to react to those things, and even 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 those vaccinations, and understanding. You know what? Okay, I, I'm still going to vaccinate my children. That's your choice, in my opinion. Um, but maybe I'm going to do just one by one, and I'm going to wait till they're a little older and their immune system's more developed, and 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 not just inject them with four or five different vaccinations at one time, because uh, it it is autism's at an all time high right now, right? So. Uh, and it's just still climbing. So if we can understand even things like that, uh, imagine what we can do for our children, right? And just keep them healthy and, and keep them, give them quality of life exactly and, and performing at their ultimate level and doing well in school. And, and just, it's just an understanding. So it'll get there, but first we have to educate the parents. So that's why we do, uh, you know, you, you check the parents first. When my patients come in here, I look, you know, the parents come first and then we, we, we look at the children, do their genetic testing because they need to be educated on it and understand it. And then they're more prone to do what's best for their children. Yeah. Can, can, can I, can I press you a little bit here? Cause um, you know, you obviously bring up vaccines, you bring up mm-hmm. autism, both of those things I'm uh, very passionate about. And um, yeah, I've had people on the show, et cetera, et cetera, um, talking about that. And of course it's a hot button topic these days so do you know of any snips specifically that could sort of um, help guide the vaccine discussion a, a little I bit do. more i do i do you do i do okay. right. are you willing to give it up <laughs> Uh, uh, it's all about immune and inflammatory response, of course, and, and looking at uh, particular genes within our inflammatory, right? IL-5, IL-6, uh, C3, CD14, TNFA, uh, all these different SNPs that turn on and off our our inflammation and inflammatory uh, state and our immune system, right? So if we're exposed to something like, let's just say, a live vaccination that our body doesn't know or doesn't understand um, how to process, it goes into overdrive mode, right? And that's where autoimmune comes in and all these things, the body starts to attack itself because it doesn't know what else to do. So if, if, and if we don't have the ability to turn off this inflammation and inflammatory response at a, at a normal rate, um, then yeah, it can cause a lot of problems. And there's also detoxification, things that can cross the blood-brain barrier, which we used to think was off limits, and now we're realizing it's not. And these certain preservatives and things that are in these vaccines, uh, they get into the brain. If, if this child cannot detoxify properly from these things, then yeah, it can turn these specific genes on that are linked to things like autism and ADHD and ADD and all these uh, conditions that we're seeing so widespread and, and so more, uh, a lot more, we're seeing it a lot more. And, and yeah. I, I think that, uh, gosh, it was James Maskell, I believe, which he's amazing as well. We, we both are fans of his, I know that. He posted something about how in the 70s, uh, the autism and such rate was so low, right? And, and nowadays, of course, it's, you know, I, I forget the exact number. And, and if you know it, please say it. But it's hot. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's about one in 39 right now. And even going back a couple yeah. of years ago, it was about one in 56. Um, you've got uh, countries like Vietnam, for example, I believe it's about one in 37. So, I mean, yeah, you, you know, I mean, go back 30, 40 years, it was like maybe one in 10,000, maybe one in 100,000. I mean, it was just, it was a rare thing. Um, still existed, but a yeah, rare thing. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, with, without going down the rabbit hole here, um, uh, you know, it's interesting for me that you, that you, 
you know, sort of highlight some of these SNPs because the way that I see all of this, you know, and autism is sort of its own thing as well. First of all is um, I feel like we would be in a much better position to have a personalized vaccine schedule for each child, right? So, you know, can you imagine in a blue sky world, you've got uh, physicians that are that are well-versed in all of this and this is sort of like standard practice now, you know, your kid mouth swab, you know, six days old, run a SNP panel, oh, wow, okay, so this child is not going to handle vaccines X, Y, Z. We should drip out the vaccine schedule. And now we will have some kind of immunity, no matter what side of the fence you sit on here. We're not getting into the debate. But now you're going to have some type of immunity, but you're also not putting yourself at risk for some of these long-term complications, you know, because as far as I understand and what I've seen is, you know, yes, there are immediate reactions to vaccinations, but a lot of the, uh, the sort of manifestations of vaccine damage only happen later in life, you, you know, one, you exactly. know, a few years afterwards or sometimes even in early adulthood, you know, which is why, not why, but you know, perhaps one of the reasons why we're seeing such a sharp rise in autoimmune disease in, in young people now, you know, in their late teens, early 20s. You know, you're you're not necessarily seeing it in three-year-olds and four-year-olds. You're seeing it later in life. So, um, yeah, that's very, very exciting for me. Um, Very, very exciting. And I think for a lot of you folks listening out there, um, that's also exciting. And, of course, autism – you know, that, that's a different discussion. We'll sort of save that for another day. But just coming back, uh, just bringing us back on point here, Jen, the practitioner side of things. Um, so we're going to have like what sort of different different panels that are perhaps targeted towards different areas of health. And let's say I'm a practitioner who, I don't know, my specialty is autoimmune uh, diseases, for example. Would there be sort of panels that would be more pointed towards that area of health? And then, you know, same idea is using uh, proprietary algorithmic software to come up with customized formulations based on those tests? Is, is that what we're looking at? or? Yeah, that, that is what we're looking at. So the, I think the original one is going to be more, of course, foundational support. Uh, you know, we're looking at um, inflammatory, immune, autophagy, GI. Of course, those are some of the big ones. Um, and, and that's going to be a broad spectrum for, I think, any specialty or any specialist to be able to use. Um, and then I think we're going to, you know, hone in a little bit more and, you know, go for the, the obstetrics and gynecology and hopefully go for a women's panel and a men's panel. And uh, nice. we've already discussed the pediatric. And, and, and so it, it's just and an exercise panel as well, you know, and, and fitness panel. So there are a bunch of them that are we can formulate as many as we want. But the, the goal for the practitioner line is to give the the practitioner knows their patient, they've done the blood work, they've, they, they, they've understood what's going on with their patient. And now they can tie in the genetic component, and then give them an answer instead of going and grabbing 15 bottles of, of different nutraceuticals or, or different things off the shelf or prescribing this or that or the other. Now they'll be able to condense it into one and they can pick a little bit better. Uh, let's just say, you know, they have a patient with high blood pressure and a few other things, and they don't want to methylate them right off the bat. They don't want to throw those B vitamins at them. Uh, so mm. they take those out of, of the formula and, and bring them in later on when the patient's ready. So they'll have more control. Where with euphoria, of course, this is for everybody. This is basic foundational support. So everything is kind of across the board the same when it comes to not being able to pick and choose as much. If there's allergies or anything, we, we always ask that you let us know. However, the practitioner, because they understand this better, 
better and they understand their patients are going to be a little bit more in control and be able to, to pick certain boosts or certain SNPs that they uh, maybe want to see. And the boosts, what I mean by that, are the different ingredients uh, that we've pulled uh, from research and clinical doses um, based off peer-reviewed research, of course, that we are going to put um, in per SNP, whether they're heterozygous or homozygous, I should say yellow or red based off euphoria. Uh, we know exactly how much of a dosage down to the microgram to put into each individual's um, formula, their nutrition, which is amazing. It's not wow. just everybody gets 400 you know, micrograms of methotetrahydrofolate. No. If you're homozygous, you get more. If you're heterozygous, you get a little bit less. So it's, it's all the way that precise. And, and the practitioners will have a little bit more control, which makes me happy because I am a control freak. I like to know exactly <laughs> what I'm getting and how much. And I want to do it in my order because there absolutely is an elegance within nutrition and nutrigenomics. Um, and, yeah, and that's yeah. how specializes in this field is going to understand that. Mm -hmm. So a um, couple of uh, sort of just last final questions here as we uh, head into the close. Um, are there any sort of limitations with uh, DNA testing from, from a health perspective? Like I'm not going to get into the selling of data and whatever else. I'm just I'll just say it right now. Euphoria doesn't sell any of your genetic yeah. data. Um, we are HIPAA compliant, so you, you just can't do that. But from a health side of things, um, are there limitations or restrictions, if you will, um, with DNA testing? Are there any downsides at all? Um, I, of course, I'm going to say no, uh, just because it's, it is my specialty. But uh, it is nice to have um, the, the lab, the blood work component mm -hmm. with it, because the genetics is going to tell us the the, the foundational support, the blueprint, whatever it may be, but it's not really saying how the body's being affected uh, by these SNPs or by these variants currently. So the blood work is definitely a, a connecting uh, component, and, and I think it just helps tie it in and hormone testing and all that. But you know, at, at length, they're, they're looking into adding on certain metabolic testing and, and blood work and such. Yeah. So there, there is that in the background, and we understand that that's an important component. But I would say with DNA, yeah, it's it's not enough just to have that. I really feel like um, bringing in the lab component, the blood work, uh, speaking to the patient and listening to, to their symptoms and what's going on in their lifestyle and throwing in and helping with lifestyle choices, which I know you're very good at um it's, it's a huge part of it it's not just oh it's your here's your genes and that's it i'm sorry absolutely not genetics loads the gun lifestyle pulls the trigger you have to have all these different things involved in it so i would not just say i am very pro genetic however i would not just say that that's our answers for everything absolutely not yeah. And, I, and, you know, I 100% I agree. Um, you know, this is why I always say to people, it's not, you know, if you're, look, if you're in good health, right? So if you've got no, you know, minor issues, et cetera, et cetera, and you're just doing genetic testing and just taking euphoria, for example, you know, that essentially is your quasi multivitamin, quote unquote, that's based on your genetic makeup and you're probably good. You know, so then go for an annual checkup with your family yes. doctor, get some blood work, et cetera, et cetera. If you have issues going on, um, I always say to people, you know, this is not a replacement. And I don't think any, um, you know, genetic-based uh, supplementation should be a replacement for your doctor or healthcare provider, or whether that be allopathic or natural um, provider, it doesn't matter, um, because there is su such nuance and uh, so many other things that are going on. So, um, Jen, I I'm going to let you get going, because I know uh, your time is precious, and uh, 
um, we have been going for almost an hour, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it's been uh, an awesome discussion, and I know that we could probably keep going for another hour if we wanted to really geek out and deep dive, but alas. <laughs> We could go for at least another hour, buddy. Are you kidding? No, I, I appreciate you you having me on the show and, and like minded and you know I enjoy talking to you and uh, we could we could converse for days about all this and, and I'm happy to converse more about it whenever whenever you feel the need or would like me to and uh, it's been a pleasure. I love working with you on the scientific advisory board and I love seeing how you were getting this information out there and helping change people's lives and educating these practitioners on this as well. So thank you for everything that you do. I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And uh, any, any final words from you or where can people find you? Anything you want to share with people, any projects you're working on, like whatever. And if you have nothing, that's totally fine as well. Um, just, just, I like to give people the platform to um, share what they're up to with people so that they can find you and so on. Oh, I have so much going on. It's it's almost insane, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So formulate for a couple different companies, Sun Warrior being one of them, and uh, which is a plant-based protein company, which is great. So constantly formulating new things for them. We're working on a lot of things uh, within Euphoria and Link Biosciences to advance and innovate this company and make it even better, even though it's already fantastic. Uh, but, you know, we can always improve upon... Uh, I wouldn't say perfection, although I would like to say it. I'm not going to because nothing's perfect, but we can always improve upon what we're doing. So we, we will continue to do that. Uh, I do have a, a private practice as well, which I try to keep as private as possible uh, just because <laughs> it can be overwhelming if not. And, and because I only see a few a selective amount of people a, a day because of what I do is so precise and so uh, in-depth. Um, but no, I, I think it's great. Uh, Euphoria Science, everybody can find my videos or, or links to that as well. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that um, one day I'll put myself out there a little bit more. I am going to be speaking at the Ancestral Health Symposium in San Diego next month uh, about nutrigenomics nice. and the evolution nutrition on our genes. Uh, so if anybody's going to that, I look forward to, to seeing you or meeting you. Please come introduce yourself to me. But but yeah, um, no, I just, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for where this is going. I'm excited to be working with you and the, the awesome uh, physicians that we have within the scientific advisory board. And uh, people just hold on because nutrigenomics is, is the present and it's the future and I'm excited. Awesome. On that note, um, I have nothing more to add. That was a great final wrap up. So thanks, Jen, once again for coming on the show. And for those of you listening out there, as always, if you enjoyed today's show, uh, please consider subscribing, leaving us a review, uh, sharing this, especially this episode, uh, such a hot button topic, such a powerful preventative tool or tools uh, with your friends, your family and your community. And uh, as always, if you want to keep in touch, you can sign up to our mailing list at holistichealthmasterclass.com. There's a bunch of ways you can get in there. Uh, and also you can follow us on Facebook. So just um, look out for the links on the website. And uh, I will be throwing down some other uh, relevant links here, a place for you to check out um, exactly what we're doing with Euphoria Science. So check out the show notes. You can click on the link there. You can get yourself started. Um, if you have any questions, get in touch. And uh, yeah, so we'll leave it at that. Thanks again, Jen, for coming on the show. And uh, for you folks listening out there, you have yourself a beautiful day wherever you are. <laughs>